Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the fall. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est bon, You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Tuesday, January 30th. And yes, it's brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, recently named by Deloitte at CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award, recognizing innovative and world-class companies. The best managed Canadian companies designation fuels Energy's purpose of creating progress for their customers, their employees, and their communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Also brought to you by these guys right here, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. Brought to you in part by Playground, over 30,000 square feet of new gaming, dining, and entertainment space. It's time to reacquaint yourself with Playground. World-class sushi, triple-A steaks, live shows, a brand-new poker floor, and so much more. Located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Playground, playground experience, the strip without the trip. And brought to you in part by Accent Insurance Solutions, a new sponsor of the Sick Podcast going back over a month and a half ago. You all know insurance isn't created equal, and you know where to find the right solution for you, Accent Insurance. Accent doesn't sell insurance. They shop it for you to find the right product, right on the money, whatever your insurance needs, home, automobile, or business. Call the Accent team today at 514-363-3636 and get the right solution at the right price. Visit their website at accentinsurance.com or accent, pardon me, accentassurance.com would be the website. All right, okay, folks, like I told you yesterday, by week for the Montreal Canadiens, all right? Which means they're off, but I'm not, all right? And here I am. Having said that, because it's a bye week and obviously there's uh, less topics today to talk about than there would be like the day of a game or the night after a game or whatever it was, or day before a game or night after a game, uh, it's going to be a little bit of an abbreviated show today, uh, but it's going to be uh, quality uh, over quantity, I can guarantee you that because I haven't spoken to this gentleman in a while and he is one of my favorites. He is a former NHLer, played for the Montreal Canadiens at one point with TSN, one of their hockey analysts. Mike Johnson, how are you? What is going on? What's interesting? I've never heard I, I, the playground read. I didn't know there was a casino like that because it harkens back to my days 
when I played in Sweden during the 04 lockout, I went over there in February and it was dark at about two in the afternoon. There was nothing to do. Sheldon Story was on my team. Zidane Char was on my team. I was basically a professional poker player. I played poker like oh, wow. seven hours a night. I would go to practice. Wow. I don't drink coffee. So all the guys want to go eat, drink coffee for three hours after practice. I don't do that. I went home and I would play online from like four in the afternoon to midnight every day. That, that basically was my side gig while also playing for Firestad and Sweet. So I'll tell you this. Playground is open 365 days a year. It's open 24 hours a day. And based on, on uh, you know, uh, coming from people who are avid poker players and play all the time and have been all over the country, Playground's poker room is supposedly the nicest in the country. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's been revamped. It's been renovated. It's something else. And uh, what I love about Playground, and I'll end it at that because there's a lot of things I love about Playground, but uh, if you're sitting down uh, at a slot machine and you order drinks, basically drinks are on the house. If you're sitting mm-hmm. down at a poker table and you're playing poker table, uh, you're playing poker and you want to uh, you want to order a rib steak or filet mignon or whatever, they'll bring it to you at no charge. So uh, it's it's a pretty incredible place. The value is unbelievable, and everyone has a great time there. Hey, it's been a while right. since I uh, spoke to you last. I think you went to the World Juniors, right? I, I was over in Sweden for a while. Listen, I'm a, I'm a part citizen in Sweden. I was over there for the Global Series for a week, then over there for three weeks for the World Juniors. So, yes, I'm back up and running, back in North America as normal. But uh, it was a fun tournament, fun tournament. Uh, Canada do as well as they had the previous couple of years, but still. Uh, tournament kind of writes its own stories, which are always fun. Uh, you're right about that. Is there a player who caught your attention? Um, yeah, listen, the Americans were so loaded that they, they, a lot of guys were to like. I obviously was rooting for Gabe Rowe. I know Yannick. Yeah. You know, I play with Yannick in Toronto, and um, he was over there. And, um, you know, smart, smart player, Ranger first round. But, you know, they had that Boston College line that Will Smith of San Jose, he was like fourth or fifth overall. They had Brian Leonard, who was like seventh fourth. or eighth to Washington. Yeah. Like Leonard. I think Leonard of the three of them will get to the NHL the soonest. He's like a bull in a china shop, really strong shooter. Like he can play physically agitated. I, I think he'll play in the NHL probably in the next. He may leave this year and then play right away in Washington. Top six kind of scoring winger, kind of like a young TJ Oshie. But a bit more physical, yeah, like that kind of player. I, I, I liked him, and you know what else I liked? I walked closely to Tone because I, I, I haven't seen the Light Hudson play that many times, and the coaches were raving about how good he's been. He wasn't piling up crazy points, still had a lot, yeah. but not crazy points. And no. so I watched him though away from the puck. I want to see what is he like killing penalties. I want to see what he's like at the end of a game. I want to see what it's like when the other team's pressing. And he was surprisingly effective. I guess I thought I was going to see him struggle a bit more in that, but just be so great with the puck that you, you know, net, net, he's really good. He was very effective at managing defensive situations at that level, at his size. He uses his legs. He gets angles. He gets position. He's kind of crafty. He does like a lot of little stuff like tugging on, grabs the guy's stick when he shouldn't, grabs the guy's pants when he shouldn't to get himself an edge. He was better defensively than I anticipated. Look, uh, everyone sold on his talent level, but 
there are some doubts uh, by some if he can take his game and uh, it can translate over to the next level and play the exact same way in the National Hockey League as he's played his whole life, where basically he plays like a game of pond hockey and he plays a game of keep away and uh, he has the puck on his stick as long as he wants it. Uh, he's been able to do it so far. Uh, there are going to be better skaters in the National Hockey League because he can still take his skating to maybe two other levels. We don't know if he's mm -hmm. going to get there or not. His size, a lot of people want to worry about that in terms of, you know, how does, uh, how does he do on board battles? Uh, how does he take hits? How does he clear the front of the net? Um, how is he going to be late in the game when big bodies are wearing on him? Uh, I know you said that you were surprised by his play away from the puck and, and some of the things that you saw, but surprised to the point where you no longer have concerns or surprised to the point where your concerns are less? Concerns are less. Like, I mean, the reality is he's good at that level, right? But how many players in that tournament are going to be in the NHL? Like a few, like, you know, a dozen, 20 of the 120 guys, like, Everybody he's going against will be big, will be bigger, better, stronger, and all those different things. So the, the thing is, though, you have to remember about smaller players. They didn't become small in the NHL. He's always been small, right? Like, so he knows how to manage this sort of thing. Um, yeah, like his advantage in his brain, his advantage with his feet, his advantage with his edges are all going to get tighter. While the disadvantage of size and strength probably gets bigger. Right, because he's going to go up against bigger guys, so that'll be a challenge for him. But he's he's gifted with the puck. The one thing I would say, if I'm Montreal Canadiens development team, the one thing he doesn't do well, even though he scores a lot, he does not shoot it well. He does not shoot it hard, and you don't have to be big to shoot hard. You could look at Quinn Hughes, bigger than Hudson, but he's not a big guy. He's got 12 goals this year. He's on pace to score 22 as a defenseman. Like you can score and learn how to shoot despite being 5'8", despite being 150 pounds, whatever he weighs, that's the problem. That would be one thing, like, get to the stick lab, get to the shooting lab, get someone to break down what you're doing, and you pump out 1,000 reps a day in the summer. Because I want to see you, like, if you're going to have the puck on your stick, dancing around the blue line, one thing you have to be able to do is not throw just muffins in there. If everyone can just step in front and catch your pucks because they're, like, so soft, they're coming 60 miles an hour, that's not going to be enough. Like, that's one thing that is easily controllable for him that I'd like to see him get better. And I'm sure he will in the next couple of years. I look, I know there's so many things that can play out here in the off season and all depending on how much, you know, muscle he's going to be able to put on, how much weight he's going to be able to put on, how much, how fast his development goes in terms of his shot and some of these other skills that he wants to work on. But it, it seems pretty much that he'll be here by the end of the year. He'll sign his professional contract. And now the big question after that, we'll probably see him for a game or two will be, will Lane Hudson be able to start the season in Montreal next season? Based on what you're telling me, it sounds like there's a little bit of work to be done. Um, would you see Laval for him next year? Or would you, or, or would would Laval actually end up in, in almost end up being Are, a more difficult league than the National Yes. Hockey? For him, yes. Yeah, so it's interesting now. I look at it two ways, Tone, right? He's not getting into the 78 Habs. Like, there is room on defense for good players. But there's also a ton of other young, sort of, offensive-minded skating defensemen that are in the organization. He's got to be out Jordan Harris, and he's got to beat out 
Uh, you know, he's not going to beat out Caden Gooley, but he's got a, you know, he's got different players that are going to be back there that he's got to get the better of Justin Barron, you know, a guy who got sent back down. So he's, he, he's going to have some competition, but you make a very good point in that some players, I probably would have been one of them that the minors would have been harder for me than the NHL because it's a little bit more scrambly because it's less organized because people aren't necessarily where you expect them to be because that's the nature of the younger, more frenetic league. And I think Lane Hudson probably with his brain would appreciate the structure of the NHL. Everyone's supposed to be where they are going to be, but no guarantees, but maybe like this year, right? Like probably get some games, probably get sent down for some games, depending on how things are going. Um, I still think like, I know Mike Matheson is there and he's done a really good job. Yeah. I still think there's a room for a power play. You can't, can't be a specialist. You gotta be able to play, but a guy to man the first power play. Yeah. A guy who can run a power play. And I think there's room for that on the Montreal Canadiens next year. And if he's going to play in the NHL, he'll have to earn the spot on the first power play. I'm the guy who goes over the boards, Suzuki and Caulfield. I make it go. I get the zone entries. I walk the line. I tee them up. I shoot well enough to be a threat. And that will keep me on the team while I figure out how to play five on five. You you alluded to his uh, hockey brain on more than one occasion, which is something that you hear often when it comes to small players because uh, they could end up getting absolutely obliterated on the ice, but uh, they, they, they're using their brain because they can't use their physicality, uh, because they can't use their body. So they have to use their brain and exercise it a lot more than a bigger player would who would normally get by on physicality. Uh, one of the advantages, if you want to make the case for him starting in Montreal next season over Laval as well, is players like that need to play with players who can think the game as fast as they can. Because if they end up playing with players who think it not as fast, um, you know, they'll end up getting passes and bad spots or those players won't end up going to mm. the open areas when they want to give a spot. So there's a case I think you could make for him playing in the National Hockey League next year. But uh, there's a lot of work to be done with him. But there's, he's already ahead of the game, you would think, in terms of some of his skills. Well, I mean, you look at what he's done. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm biased because I played college. You look what he's done in college. Like, I, I get it. It's not the NHL. I would suggest that the college teams that he plays against are probably better than 95% of the junior teams. Just by a function of age. Like, 20 to 23-year-olds are better than 16 to 19-year-olds. Even if 16 to 19-year-olds end up being better in the end. So the number he numbers he's putting up at college is like borderline historical stuff, right? So, you know, every concern valid, every, you know, wonder about how his game translates to the highest level, completely fair. All you can do is judge him what you see and what he's done. And what he's done has been pretty spectacular. You know, you kind of want to bet on a guy who's always figured it out to figure it out. I mean, he was I'm pretty sure he made the all tournament team, this most recent world junior again. Like he's, yeah. he thrives, he thrives everywhere he goes. Yeah. So I don't know why he wouldn't now. Mike, a big topic of conversation over the last couple of weeks, maybe even last couple of months here with the Canadians has been Arbor Jackeye. Uh, it all started when Jackeye went down with an injury. And then instead of getting back in the lineup, the Montreal Canadiens sent them down to the Laval rocket for over a month, played well with the rocket formed a defense duel with Logan Mayu. And then at one point, um, Justin Barron was sent down. 
uh, and Arbor Jack guy was recalled. He gets recalled, and you know one of the things the Canadians didn't like about Jack guy is that um, he took a penalty that they didn't like versus the Tampa Bay Lightning when he uh, had fought Tanner Janot earlier in the game. Things didn't quite go his way. He wanted to get back at Janot. The Canadians were mounting a comeback. They had been down 4 nothing. They had scored two goals. They'd make it 4-2. He takes a penalty. Uh, the coaching staff obviously didn't like it. They want him to cut down on penalties. They want him to play a more dif- disciplined game. He gets back up. His first two games, he picks up a penalty in game one. He picks up two penalties in his second game versus the New York Islanders. And he's the least used Canadians defenseman on that night. He's been the least used Canadians defenseman all season. On Friday of last week, he goes in, and the first thing he does is apologize to the coaching staff for the penalties that he took. They say, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. The next night, He's a healthy scratch in uh, in Pittsburgh. Do you, George Larac feels, and he's been saying this for months, and he was probably right at the time, a lot of people didn't agree with him, that the Canadians were um, basically, uh, I don't even know if it's a word, but can I say denatural, uh, denaturalizing? I don't even know if it's a word, by the way, but it, it is in French. <laughs> They were they were they were basically taking away from what Jack Eye is, and they were trying to change someone who's special in a certain way. You buy into that at all that they probably made a mistake there in their handling of them? So it's a, it's a lot to unpack there, Tone, and it's fascinating because Arbor Jack is a fascinating player. Very few players like him in the NHL. Right, where fighting and intimidation and physicality are a legitimate important part of what he does well and part of why he would be successful in the NHL. Right. There's like, like literally a dozen players, maybe in the NHL, that are like maybe. So so he's unique that way. I think the fact that, you know, his backstory, the working at Costco, you know, the, the unlikely success that he found right away made him someone that you naturally want to root for and the fans clearly root for him plus they love his physicality and they love his personality i think what the montreal canadians are doing i don't think they're trying to like deprogram jack eye and what he does well i think they say listen we appreciate you know the fighting sticking up for your teammates like that you have that in you you can't survive nhl just that like i think that's what they're trying to get across like you got to be able to play and not just fight, play and not just look to be physical. You have to be able to play because not every game in the NHL now, there will be spots for anyone for you to fight or games that play with the sort of emotion where that kind of thing happens. So they're trying to add to his game. Now, I understand like you don't want to lose your spot in the NHL because of injury. This is not a hard and fast rule. The Montreal Canadiens have a ton of young defensemen and Arbor Jacki is not good enough at this point in his career, that he warrants, demands, absolutely has to be in the NHL. You know what I mean? Like, even when he's there, he's playing limited role, limited minutes, which is okay. He probably will be a third-pair defenseman his entire career, but that's okay. Those guys can be really important. Is he so good that you can't put him down? In his mind, he probably feels that way, like it's unfair, but in the actuality, 
it's not really unfair. He's not good enough to like not to be to be beyond those kind of decisions, especially when you have other young defensemen around him. So I don't know if I'd go with the the denaturalizing or deprogramming or trying to change, you know, the way he plays. I think they say for you to be good in the show, you gotta be able to do more and maybe going down playing with Logan Mayu, playing 23 minutes, picking up points, playing offensive situations, that helps you be better long-term in the NHL. That's probably where they're coming from more than we want to change that aspect. Because listen, if you take fighting, the physicality, the, the, the stick up for your teammates away from him, if you take it right away, he's not an NHL player. I mean, like the other stuff he doesn't do well, like what separates him, what allows him to be in the NHL is that. So take that, appreciate it, and then build around it to make him a more complete player. But I get his disappointment. And, you know, you can't be playing like, I'm sure I took bad penalties. I made bad plays. Like feeling like you have to apologize for screw-ups, that tells you kind of like the eggshells he's been on. Because I was, you know what? I was just going there. And my, my next question was going to yeah. be what does it tell you that he feels like the second he wakes up in the morning, he's already saying, I'm going in. I need to apologize to the coaches. The second he gets to practice, he apologizes to the coaches. Now, he's not the first player to pick up two penalties. And by the way, the other team didn't score while he was in the box. They ended up winning the game anyway. The fact that he needs to do that, it, it just it gives you an idea that. It's fragile, the situation right now. That's the word. Okay, first, what that tells you, he cares. Right? Like he wants to be better. He doesn't want to go, he doesn't go home, have a couple beers. Like, ah, we won, who cares? We're good, I'm great. Like he, like he cares and he's invested in what he's doing in the context of having the team do well. That's one. Um, two, he's aware of the penalty thing. Like he's aware of the sort of the conversation they're having about Time and like a, there's a right time to be feeble, there's a time to be aggressive, and there's not a right time. And you got to pick and choose. Now, I did the Islander game, like, I think he got a, a hook and a trip. Like, those are not intimidation penalties or stick fouls, which happen, and he's got to be better at. But like, you don't need to apologize. You think, I think Cole Caulfield's walking in, like, sorry, I missed those seven great chances I didn't score. It's not apologizing for that. Everyone screws up all the time. I think Jake Allen saying, hey, sorry, that goal got by me. No, everybody makes mistakes. So he cares, he's aware, he's fragile. He feels yeah. like, you know, he needs to make amends to the coaches. It's a tough spot to be in when you're like that concerned or that unsure of yourself and your standing with the coaches and on the team. You know, Marty St. Louis gave an answer to a question uh, about a week ago, which for me was telling. And uh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but for me it was. You just talked about Arbor Jack guys saying, you know, right now he's a sixth defenseman in the National Hockey League. And based on his time on ice, he is the number six on the Montreal Canadiens. And based on the fact that they had sent him down to Laval, on some nights he would be considered a seven. So think about this. Um, year and a half into the league, a number six on some nights, a number seven. A couple of months ago, signs an endorsement deal with a uh, with a restaurant, has a burger named after him. Cameras are on him, being interviewed, part of a publicity campaign, and 
advertising, marketing campaign, and all that stuff. Usually, usually, the guys that sign the endorsement deals and, you know, they're usually the number one centerman on the team or the 50-goal scorer and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mind you, we know that players that stick up for their teammates and drop the gloves are popular in every city, especially in Montreal where, you know, uh, the Chris Nylans of this world have become legends. Marty St. Louis last week was asked about that. He was asked about Jack Eye's popularity. Like for you, it's normal that he gets sent down to Laval for a month if his game is hurting. For sectors of the fan base, it's unbelievable. Like it's it's a, it's almost a tragedy, right? Because they love the guy. Extremely popular. One of the three or four most popular players on the team. So Marty was asked about Jack Eye's popularity. And his answer was, what we're trying to do is create stars on the ice not off the ice. You hear that, you think what? I think that, um, so, I don't know how I want to phrase this. Because, like, to me, you like I think you can walk and chew gum at the same time. You can have a burger named after you and do a commercial, and that doesn't mean you're not focused. Doesn't mean you doesn't mean you think you're really important. It means, like, you're taking advantage of a commercial opportunity and your popularity that you have worn because of the way you play. I got no we all would. and I don't, we all would. Right. Anybody would, yeah. right? I don't think anyone would begrudge him for that. I, I think the concern becomes is if two two things. One is if you think because of the success you're having and the popularity you're having off the ice, you don't put the work in to be good on the ice. Now I don't get that that's a set for Arbor Jack. I I think he's there trying to improve all the time. We talk about, you know, he cares and all the rest of it. Yeah. So there's that. Like, like you stop working at it. I don't think that's happening. The other part of the concern is, does all the success and popularity change your perception of yourself? Do you think you're better than you actually are? Do you think you are beyond going to the minors when you're actually not? Like, does that sort of permeate into your brain? Like, oh, I'm, I'm great because people keep telling me I'm great when, you know, he's an NHL player, he's a good one, but he's not great yet. You know, like that's the thing that maybe Marty was sort of trying to address. Like, I, 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 I don't. That's not even fair to say we're trying to create stars on the ice and off because that's not fair to Arbor Jacka. He's doing what a lot of guys do. I see Cole Caulfield in commercials. You know, he doesn't score yeah. every game. Like it, it's everyone is the same. But I, I think that like if you somehow now your your demeanor changes because you think you're super important or you're super good because everyone keeps telling you, that would be a concern. And the other part about a tone, and you know this, you've been around sports room forever. There's only so much oxygen in the room, 100% oxygen, right? That's how much time, energy, voice, press a team can generate. Every player, based on the role that they play, has a range of the amount of oxygen they are allowed to take up. And if you're the best player, you can take up whatever. 25 to 40%. And like you don't have to take it all up, but you can take up, you know what I mean? And if you're the worst player, you can take up five to 10. You can't take up 20. Like there is a limit to how, and like I think that is sort of rooms kind of patrol themselves when a guy who maybe doesn't play the biggest role on the ice becomes the biggest personality off of it. And sometimes like there can be a, you know what? We appreciate what you're doing, 
but you got to like dial it back right now. You can't, Ryan Reeves might be a good example, right? Yeah. He's a huge personality, gets a ton of press. His impact in the room and on the ice doesn't probably warrant the amount of press he gets. And at some point, if he's Correct. not playing well and he's not having an impact, you're like, I don't want to read Ryan Reeves saying, we got to be tougher. We got to do like, I don't want to hear that. Cause he's not like, he's not important enough to like be quoted every day and telling me what I need to do when like I'm yeah. clearly further up the lineup than him. So like, that's the other part of it. There's the, you know, is he changing how he prepares in place? No. Is he changing how he sees himself? Maybe. Is he taking up a little too much oxygen for a guy in his role? Maybe as well. Sometimes when you take up too much oxygen for some, even when you are a very good player on the team and you are a very Dude, PK, say PK. That's what I was getting at, right? PK for some in that room. Uh, some were okay with it, but there were several mm -hmm. who thought that he was taking up way too much oxygen in the room. But at one point, I have to ask you, Mike Johnson, is it mm -hmm. not jealousy? Is it not some saying, hey, you know what? You know, this guy's making as much in endorsement money almost as, uh, as you know, what, four months salary for me, and I wish I was him. Sure. I'd say no. Because I don't think guys, guys will, like, the guys in the room tone, they love that he gets commercials. They don't care. They love it. Guys, like, guys, they're like, I'm going to your joint. I better get a free burger. I want a free jack guy. Like, like, like that, the like guys don't care about the money. Guys would care if they read how much, all the things we got to do better, all the things we got to do different from a guy who played eight minutes last night. Got it. That's what guys care about. All right. The, the, the difference right. there, I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's more just like awareness about your role and where you sit in the hockey of the team. I, you know what? I'd love to talk to PK about it one day. I mean, probably nobody better than him to be able to answer these questions about branding and, 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 and marketing well, and, and sponsorship and all that and stuff. And part of the no, thing, though, Tone, Tone, real quick. Yeah. I just want to be real quick. Like, yeah. I don't think it's always fair to ask, like, PK was outspoken and, and, and it was, a, you know, whatever. Like, it's not always fair to ask people to be something that they're not, to, like, slot in. Like, Arbor Jack, maybe shouldn't have to change to, like, amalgamate into a room. Like, maybe the room has to change to, like, out, you know, embrace him more. But I still think there is an element to that. They're like they just based on where you sit on that team, there is just you know how much we can hear from you can it can rub guys the wrong way. It just flat out it can. All right, forty nine games into the season, the Canadians are twenty sixth overall. Uh, short of a, a miracle, I mean they're they're not going to make the playoffs again this year, and if they keep on playing. 500 or just below the way they have been between now and the end of the season, they'll end up with 81 points and 82 games, and they'll be in no man's land and miss out again. As a former player, and we'll end with this, when you get mm -hmm. to the final month of the season and you know where you are in the standings and you know you're not going to make the playoffs, let's just say you have a contract. You're, you know, your contract's not up at the end of, because if your contract's up at the end okay. of the year, you're going to play all 82 games and you're going to block shots with your teeth. If you have to, to show that you're the ultimate team person. Correct. You got three, Correct. four, five years left on your deal and you're not going to make the playoffs. And you're thinking about, you know, playing golf all summer and that vacation in the Bahamas. What's the mindset? You gotta like so. There's you gotta motivate yourself individually within the team concept. That doesn't mean hanging out at center looking for goals, but like maybe 
even if you have a term on your contract, can I get to 20 goals, get to 40 points, to 50 points? Can I get on the power play? Can I get to the second line? Like you start trying to push yourself like that to try to keep driving yourself through what is a miserable time of the year. Like we're out, we're playing out the string. Doesn't matter what I do. There is stuff like the world championships. Make maybe guys want to get invited to play for their country at the world championships. Like you try to find stuff that can motivate you within the team concept. And the it's other hard big to part do of it, the team this, concept though, right? If you want to hit 20 goals, it's hard to it, do within the team concept. You might not. It's a balance, delicate balance. You might stay up. Yep. It's a delicate balance. I think, I, Lord knows I played on some crappy teams. I think I, 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 I towed it pretty well. Like you play hard, you play the right way, but you still are, you know, you're pushing yourself to, you know, to drive to be successful. But I think the more important part, and I think this is what I would say to anybody on the Montreal Canadiens in that situation. The group that is running the Canadians now will be the group that runs them next year. And so what you do now will help guide their decisions about what the team looks like next year. So you may think it's garbage time and it doesn't matter. And it doesn't in the standings and it may not, doesn't, may not in your contract. But it matters on who they go get this summer. It matters on who they pencil in on that second line right wing because you can do it or you can't. And that's matters on who they may trade because they are trying to get the right culture, the right mix, the right whatever group. And they are evaluating you every single time you step out there. So even if it doesn't hurt you financially, if you like Montreal, you want to play there, you want a career there, which you should because it's an amazing place to play, you should bring something close to your very best right to the end of the season because they'll be they'll be evaluating you. Lots of eyes every game. So Marty says the culture we're trying to build here, and that is a culture where, you know, obviously you're not going to tank. You're not going to give up in games. You're going to fight right till the end. And if you lose, you lose, but you're going to try and win. You're going to try and pick up as many points in the standings as possible and all that stuff. You're going to, uh, you're going to do whatever it takes for the team. You said individually, you have to motivate yourself big time here because you know, the reality is probably a month left in the season. At one point, you're thinking about that golf game and that vacation, uh, probably guys obviously don't want to get hurt in the final month of the season, but does Marty, should he feel the need to address it? And if so, or does he pull aside his leadership group, maybe some of the players that have a letter on their jersey and say, listen, you need to be the guys who lead by example, or I need you to send this message onto the team. What's the best approach? And we'll end it with that. Start with the players and with the coach. You know, you ask the players to police themselves, to, to lead by example, to get everyone buying in. The good teams will do that. You know, they'll still back check. They'll still battle hard. They'll still block shots. They'll still care about the results, even if they'll, 79 points, 81 points, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, and if they don't, then it's on Marty. Then it's on Marty to be like, okay, video session. That's Mike Johnson pulling a flamingo because he doesn't want to block a shot. That's Mike Johnson bailing on a hit along the boards because he doesn't want to get hit to get it over the blue line. Can't have that. And guess what, Mike? You're on the fourth line next game. So enjoy it. Hey, don't guess that, Mike, you're in the minors. You're, you're scratched. Like, if it comes to that, if it gets to that obvious what place, then it's on the coach to – to reinforce what he's trying to accomplish. But the best rooms, and if Montreal has a group they want to grow with, would be able to manage most of this on their own. Mike, amazing stuff as always. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon, my man. Sounds good. Talk soon. There you have a TSN hockey analyst and former National Hockey Leaguer, former Montreal Canadian, Mike Johnson. Special thanks once again to Energy Transportation Group, to La Bit at TB, 
to Playground and to Accent Insurance Solutions. If you liked it, like it, share it with your friends. Comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. Thank you to my sick community. Thank you to my sick army. Thank you to everyone watching on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Very much appreciate the support. I love you all. And leave us a five-star review on Apple. It's my way of feeling the love. For Shane Gomon tonight at Master Control, he's Gomon. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. LaVita.tv. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.